Good afternoon. You all are so beautiful. You just take my breath away. Please join me in the invitation to worship as printed in your bulletin. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. Many are the torments of the wicked. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice all God's people. the blanket because it is time for the message for all ages. Spreading it out. Got friends coming from both directions. Hello, we care. We have all different ages coming. Who can tell me as you come up here, what month is March? What do we celebrate in the month of March? Yes, Soraya. Thank you. Yes. Women's History Month. So as we celebrate Women's History Month, love young and young at heart with us today, we are going to hear from kids because I am putting together a little book where middle young people can give like a shout out to a woman. It could be someone past that maybe you really admired. It could be someone present. It could be someone you know or that you've never met before. And I have this page I'm gonna send with you from this place because we wanna celebrate all different kinds of women. Women as doctors and teachers and artists and activists and athletes and scientists and so many things. It could be a woman you know, but think in your head right now, who is someone that I might wanna celebrate and recognize this month. Maybe I'll even hear a few ideas from you as you're brainstorming. Last week, our middle youth did this. They wrote letters. They wrote letters to people like Michelle Obama and Allie Raisman. Yeah. So you don't know who that is? She's a gymnast. She's an athlete. Look her up. So we, we want to put all your letters together. Do you have any ideas you want to tell me real quick? who you might want to give a shout out to for Women's History Month. Yeah. Rosa Parks. Woohoo! That's a great example, yeah. Hillary Clinton. All right. Yeah. Malala Yousafzai. Yeah! Oh, yes. Linda Sarsour. Yes! Who will be here next week for our Revolutionary Love Conference. Friends, I didn't even prep you. You are ready to celebrate these women leaders with me. Let's say a prayer of thanksgiving with those names and more in our hearts and minds. You can join hands if you'd like with one another. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for women like Malala and Allie Reisman. Who remind us that women can be strong and smart. Thank you for their examples. Thank you for their examples. Amen. Amen. 
I love your ideas. I can't wait to see your tribute pages. Let's sing some Sia Humba. Good morning, Middle Church. It's a pleasure to see each and every one of you here this morning. It's a joy to have you in worship with us. We are welcoming a special guest this morning, our colleague in ministry, the Reverend Dr. Damaris Whitaker, who's the senior minister, yes, at Fort Washington Collegiate Church, one of our colleagues, and we're so grateful to have her here. You know that there are members of her congregation who are also worshiping with us, so welcome to you. If you're worshiping with us for the very first time, will you raise your hand so that we can recognize you and just say hello? And also, can you say where you're from? Welcome from France. Is there anyone else from France here today? Often we have a few. Yes, some over there in the back. Wonderful, welcome. I think there was another hand in the back here. St. Louis in the house, welcome. Harlem, you know, you take that train. It's, it's, it can, on a Sunday, that can, be, that can take a while. So we're great, grateful to have you here. Anyone else on this side? Oh, one more. Ines from Paris, wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for being with us. Anyone else on this side of the sanctuary? Oh. Friends, and also for those who are worshiping with us online, we are so grateful to have you with us. Uh, thank you for being a part of the middle family. Everyone's going to wave, turn around and wave. We pray that wherever you are, in bed or cafe or in your car, that you feel uh, the warmth and love of God's presence with you today. Friends, I have a few brief announcements for you. Uh, the thing I want to uh, put back on your uh, radar is next week is conference. Or actually, no. This week is conference. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can still register. There's still opportunities. But if you're um, concerned about being able to pay for the full cost, there are still volunteer opportunities. And so if you can volunteer for two shifts uh, as either a uh, usher or hospitality, uh, a greeter, um, please do see Christina and myself up front after worship, and we'll be happy to register you in that way. Um, another thing we do want to say next week, because conference is happening uh, and worship, and the first worship is going to be at least 300 people, we're encouraging all middle worshipers to come to second worship to come to this worship and to enter through the 7th Street door. Uh, there will be security there because of the amount of people coming in and out of the building. And so we just want to make sure that everything is done in a safe and orderly manner. So thank you for assisting with that. In addition to that, if you're interested in getting to know more about this congregation and what it means to be a member of this amazing movement for justice and love, please do see me after worship. I'll be up front. But in the back, we're going to have these beautiful kiosks as you exit and also in the social hall. So if you don't have a chance to, to stay and talk with me, you can just fill out the information there and we'll capture that. We'll send you an email and follow up and let you know about our upcoming new uh, member orientations. Um, in the back of the pews, there is a red card 
uh, which started showing up in February. It's our Love Transform campaign. And I invite you to uh, fill out a card and maybe there's an opportunity to talk with one of our consistory members uh, after worship about what's your vision for this church and what's your vision for this community. And we want you to take part in that. Um, I think that's it. Is there anything else? If not, thank you again for being in worship with us. And now I invite you to our time of prayer with Reverend Amanda. Good morning, middle family. Are we still on? Yeah. We bring so many things with us to this place, things that fill us up in good ways and things that bring us down about the ways that we wish the world would be what we hoped it would be but is not yet. So I invite you now into a time of reflection and solitude and meditation and prayer as we sit with all of those things that we hold, the good things and the things that are yet to be. I invite you to find a posture of prayer that is comfortable to you, close your eyes, and for today's prayer, we will listen to a song sung by John. Let us pray. Vengo a ti, Señor, cámbiame, renuévame por la gracia que encontré en ti. Ahora sé que la Debilidades que hay en mí desvanecerán por el poder de tu amor. Cúbreme con tu amor. to stand as you are able and reach across the aisle, hold the hand of someone as we say together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, ever loving and holy God.
friends, we are people of peace. Peace that surpasses all of our understanding. Let's share that peace with each other. May the peace of God be with you.
Good afternoon, middle. Today's scripture reading is going to be from Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 1 to 3 and verses 11 to, 30, to 32. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law murmured, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and I'm here starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have a sin against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine is dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near their house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because, of, because he, has, he is back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you killed the fatted calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and now he is alive again. And he was lost and is found. The word of God for the people of God.
Good morning, Middle Church. Good morning. Buenos dias. I'm so grateful to be among you this morning. And I bring you greetings from your sister church from up in Washington Heights. For Washington Collegiate Church, they are in the house. The deacons are here and visitors are here and we all came to worship God together with you this morning. And the Collegiate Churches of New York, you know, we are Fort Washington, Middle, Marble, West End, Intersections International. We are working intentionally to be one church. And to that end, to senior ministers, we have committed to just go and visit each other's houses and preach. Uh, at our respective churches at least once a year. And so, Jackie Lewis, you're, you're, you're amazing, outstanding, out of control, fabulous. <laughs> Senior minister was with us on March 10th. And to not, to this morning, well, you know, I'm here with you. You get me today. <laughs> and there's no question in my mind that Fort Washington and Middle Church we already are acting as one church. We have shoulder to shoulder marched in the city of New York for various reasons. We have been to DC together. We have gone to the border together in Puerto Rico. And just this week I was in Puerto Rico with Deacon Extraordinaire, Edna Benitez. And with, with our own extraordinary people, uh, Dr. Karen Shears, uh, who's here today with her beautiful wife, Beverly Shears, who is my chair, because you know, we only have extraordinary people at Fort Washington, so I just, <laughs> and, and also all of the deacons who are here from Fort Washington, we're so grateful. Um, but you know, we, we tag team in this trip, and Edna took the agriculture uh, project, and I went with Dr. Shears to, to go and get on to the business of planning our medical mission in Miraflores, Orocovis, Puerto Rico, where Casa Solidaria has been established in no small part, small part by the contributions of Middle for Washington and the Collegiate Churches of New York. And they're implementing this 360-degree human rights model. And that's all of our work together, us here and there, and working with partners on the ground. So we're so grateful for all that we are doing together as one church, Middle Church, and Fort Washington in this city and beyond. Let us pray together. Loving God, may the meditations of all of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So having just come back from a trip, I just got to tell you that when I travel, I am confronted by one of my many flaws. And one of that particular flaw is this. I do not know how to pack well. <laughs> now, this is an admission that I would never, ever, 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 ever say in front of my husband. <laughs> because usually, you know, I'm the one that says, 
you know, I'm an efficient packer, I get the smallest bag, I put all my stuff in there, because I want to be able to go, right? I don't check anything because I don't want to pay the fees, truth be told. I'm very frugal. I, what, why am I paying to have my bag carried when you already overcharged me for my seat? What is, that is just oppression and an injustice. (laughs) So I try not to give the airlines more money than they should have. So I stuff everything in this little bag, even if I'm going for a month, right? Same bag for a month or same bag for a week, right? So the problem is that I forget stuff. You know, like I pack too many blouses, but no toothbrush or toothpaste. And, and then I'm like, oh, I didn't get to use them and all of it. So I, never, I can never decide what's enough or not. And there's always an excess of items that I don't need and a lack of important items I really need. So I end up buying things that I forgot, and then now I bought too many things, so now I have to leave some stuff behind. You see what I'm saying? This is a mess. This is a hot mess. I'm a terrible packer. But my husband, he's on the other side of the spectrum. See how freely I'm speaking about him because he's not in the room. (laughs) Right? So his model, his, his manifesto is more is better. More is better. He packs what he needs and what he might need but not sure and usually ends up needing. And he's at peace with, you know, not using everything he packs where I, I you know, I perseverate over the things I don't use. And because, you know, he is who he is, he is equally prepared for a time at, a, at the beach in a picnic and a gala in a fundraiser. Equally prepared with sandals and shorts and swim, swim trunks and a tuxedo and all that is required. And also in the middle to fit in perhaps a salsa dance. <laughs> See where I'm getting at? So when it comes to life, often we carry with us more than we need to. And there are times that we are leaving behind those elements that we really and must have for the journey. I would argue that most people suffer from the Damaris Whitaker syndrome. (laughs) And packing, we got too much of the stuff you don't really need and too little of the things you really need. So the gospel lesson this morning, we heard this familiar story of the prodigal son. The wasteful, extravagant, reckless, irresponsible son. And even if you're not a church person, even if you're just getting, you know, you're dating middle church, you're just like, hmm, I've been there a couple times, you know, hmm, I hear the music's good. The pastor, she's fantastic, let me go in, you know. Even if you're there, I know that you have heard this story before. And this is the kind of story that I describe as complicated. It's just complicated. You know, one that needs some layers to be pulled up and just be reflected upon a little bit deeper. And for me, it lends a complicated story, gives me space to call it something different. So if I was going to name this story, I would call it, ask the older child that I am. I would call it, it's just not fair. 
No. That decision my father took was a hot mess. That was, I, it just, no. I'm not having that. I'm not even going to the party because I got things to do. Or I would call it, what do I have to do to get a party up in here? <laughs> I work hard. I'm responsible. I've stayed by your side. No party for me. And perhaps if the, par if the father was telling the story, he would call it love without barriers. Revolutionary love. He would call it, as we call it, up in the heights at Was for Washington Church, love on the move. We are a church with love on the move. But there's an element of importance that we're missing when we're telling this story. And that is the context in which the story was told. Jesus, you know, he was a certain kind of guy. You know, he hung around with the tax collectors and the sinners. And tax, collect tax collectors weren't just simply like middle class people working, trying to make it in the world. You know, they were not just regular government officials who contributed to society. They were seen as the traitors and colluding with the, the Roman Empire. They were taking money from the poor and exploiting their positions. And sinners, let's just stay with the sinners for a minute. Sinners were people outside of the proper acceptance or acceptable community because they just violated some rules. They just couldn't behave right. And they were referred to as the lost. And some said, or have said, that churches like Fort Washington Collegiate Church and Middle Church, you know, there's a bunch of sinners in there. <laughs> you know, there's a, a bunch of lost people in there. What are they doing over there anyway? All these flags. Today is Trans Visibility Day, by the way. So there's a trans flag flying in for Washington, right? So, so you know, people are saying, what's going on over there? I'm so confused. What I know about religion is not what these people are doing. And so some people just, you know, because this is how, what we do in America, they just put us in a box, you know, sinners, right? And I say to that, well, that's right. Because if we are sinners, that means that Jesus is here eating at the table with us. Right? Because that's, this is what the passage tells us, that Jesus was just keeping company with those who were called sinners and tax collectors. So I'm saying I'd rather be a sinner and have Jesus walking with me. You know that hymn? You know, I want Jesus to walk with me. You know it. You know it. So, you know, I, I want, so, you know, we're, we're sort of, that was our call. Like, if I'm going to be a sinner, well, Jesus is walking with me. But some also say that there is a version of those sinners in our current situation here in the United States. And they're found right at the border. You know, those who dare to walk for months with only the clothes on their backs, trying to escape violence and poverty, how dare they? You know, they... They're walking and leaving what they know to be their home 
so that perhaps what they have heard and they've been told is the best country in the world, the most powerful nation on earth, those who have a Statue of Liberty that says, all are welcome here. Maybe those people will give them asylum and they won't have to die and their daughters will not be raped and their children would not be killed. Maybe them will open their doors. But, but we are over here, we are told that they are sinners. And statements have been said that because of that, we, we're just going to close the borders and we're going to close them not for a particular time. We're just going to close it for a long time. You heard it. So those who thought that they were righteous complained about the company Jesus kept. And Jesus, in response, doesn't say, oh, well, let us reason together. You know, he just says, let me just tell you three stories. And one of them was the story of the prodigal son. And then he also adds two other stories about lostness, being lost and being found. Both celebrated with, at the end with a party where everyone is invited. And everyone who's willing to come and enjoy and rejoice are welcome. What a, what a tremendous thought that instead of just marginalizing people to a category, we say, what if we were to implement this, this theology, this theory of maybe we're lost, but then we can get found, and then we can all have a party. We can all celebrate together. For me, this story brings up so many personal things. Whether you see yourself as the older brother by virtue of the position in your family like me, who worked hard and felt that the reckless young brother got a party for just being reckless. Or whether you see yourself as the father who was so in love with his son that forgave all of his indiscretions, and I would argue that at that point, you know, there are things we do for love, but there are things that we do because they have different implications. You know, it was a land economy. And so you can't have a reckless son just giving away his property and losing it all. You got to say, like, come, community, party with us so that you do not finish this boy who does not know what he's doing. Right? So there is also, right, scholarship, scholars have argued that there was also the community in mind. So whether you are the oldest brother or the youngest brother who is in need of grace, mercy, compassion, perdón, forgiveness, the reality is, is that in our journey, we are all bringing all kinds of baggage. And sometimes, and maybe in the way, your bags are going to hold you back. Our bags are going to hold, hold us back. And perhaps our baggage is anger. Perhaps we can, we can say, okay, este bultito, this bag right here, this is my pain. Perhaps our baggage of sadness it's just slowing your roll. 
Perhaps there is disappointment in your bag, and perhaps there's not enough patience. But when I consider the bag that America continues to carry, the bag that continues to make possible that we treat the other so poorly, so badly, I have to come to a conclusion that the biggest and heaviest weight we're carrying in our bag is racism. And that is slowing us down. And it's bending our shoulders and it's breaking our backs and it's rendering us dangerous, reckless, selfish. This, this, this pain and this bag that we're carrying is hurting our souls. And how do we deal with the bag of racism, hate, xenophobia, resentment, and not enough forgiveness, tolerance, accept, acceptance. How do we handle our baggage in a way that just changes things? Middle church this morning, I, I want to just remind you, if you were not reminded earlier, you are one week away from your Revolutionary Love Conference. And I say to you, and to those who are listening to us this morning, pack light and take love. And I say that to you because it's, it, we may think that love is easy. It's this fuzzy feeling and this warm thing that makes you just walk on air. But love is difficult. And love takes commitment. And love takes, takes from us the ability to see past each other's wounds and baggage and stay together. Love is hard. Love takes us and makes us do crazy things, but also forces us to just stay there when just maddening things are happening. You don't understand what's going happening to you, but you stay because you love. And the love that we are being called to today, it's one that can bring us closer, but it's one that can propel us forward to take bold steps in this world. This nation needs a church that can help it unload its baggage and heal this land. This world needs a church that is no longer going to be silent when fundamentalists and conservatives and others are saying exclusion is what God has called me to do. This church is it's, it's poised and is being called to have the kind of love that includes even when it hurts and resists exclusion. This is the kind of love that we are being called to. This is the kind of baggage that we are saying we need to pack that and leave that behind. What are we bringing with us? I say let us pack love, kindness, tolerance. Let us pack courage so that we get our voice back. You know that you know what I'm talking about. You out there, you're saying that you're a member of middle and you go to church, and people are like, You go to church, God. <laughs> and somebody from Puerto Rico says, Ay Dios mío, por qué? 
Now I have to be next to this person that's a Christian because we, somebody took our rep and we let them have it. And it's time that we pack courage to take back that voice. Let's pack commitment to be communities of hope. Let us pack prophetic imagination so that we can work toward a just world. And for all of that, church, you got to pack light and take love. You and me, ustedes y yo, you and me, we are the sinners. We are the tax collectors. We are the wandering, the wasteful, the irresponsible, the selfish, the careless son. And perhaps we are even the resentful, old, and very bitter brother. But can we let ourselves be received? Can we let ourselves be invited? Can we let ourselves say, Voy para la fiesta. I am going to the party. Wouldn't that be amazing if we start taking out those things we don't need and put in everything that we need so that we can begin to travel light and give out love? Can you imagine? Amen. Good afternoon, middle family. It's good to be here with you. Um, pack light indeed. Pack light because our bodies can't take any more of this baggage. Our relationships can't take any more of this baggage. And in fact, our planet can't take any more of this baggage. The very place that feeds us, the very place that we live, is dying and is actually threatening us because of what so many have done to it. So three weeks ago, children were marching for climate change. A year ago, children were marching for gun safety. And I think about what, what, what is it that makes a person kill another person and kill their planet, and it's the hate. That, that is the stuff that has to get out of the bag. That has to be dropped. Here at Middle Church, I'm reminded that our work means that we have actually raised up, created activists of all ages. The children at Middle Church have actually been part of marches and, and, um, and protests since they were knee high. And if you're wondering why the, I'm talking a lot about the children, it's because every time I'm up here, it's usually following a youth event, and on the day that I was installed as a deacon, it was Children's Day. 
I am very much reminded that there are kids out there responding to the hate trying to renew this world with us adults that will support them. And I just want you to hold that in your heart. As a matter of fact, our conference that's happening next week, our conference grew out of Middle's Leadership Lab. And Middle's Leadership Lab, in part, grew out of our young adults' work. So this is a rich story here. Middle Church, when we say love, period, we use everybody. We mean everybody. And love is about participation. If you say that Middle Church is your church, then it is. And if you've been dating us, and if you've been checking us out, we invite you to join us and make it official. We invite you to be in deeper relationship with us. We invite you to join our movement, this movement. If you seek to join this movement, please see Amanda and Christina around the pulpit after worship. We need you. Revolutions need you. We need the people. We need your time. We need your talent. We need your treasure. We thank you for all that you do. And again, join us, be with us. And yes, bring your kids.
Pray with me for a moment as we pray over our gifts. Holy Mother God, we thank you for the bounty that you have provided with us, for us. We thank you for our friends and our family, for being able to gather in this place here. We ask that you strengthen and keep our friends and family, heal our world, change our minds, and help us drop the hate so we can stop polluting your planet the place that you gave us for our home. Amen. Middle, if you would stand and join us in the closing hymn, Lead Me, Guide Me, we're going to be singing the chorus twice through. go in peace que la paz de Dios vaya con nosotros and may the bags that we carry may be light may we take the time to look in there may we help America look at the bag and say take out the hate and let us move forth packing light and taking love amen Amen.